Inspire Instructor podcast where the learning never stops. Welcome you wonderful people and thanks for listening to Inspire Instructor Training Podcast and I hope you all had an amazing Christmas. It's now only five more sleeps until the launch of our amazing new venture. Inspire Instructor Trainer will be bringing you live Zoom training sessions, a jam-packed online training courses and a membership package which will be all you need in CPD and to become the best instructor you can be. I can now announce that all the courses and recorded Zoom sessions will be available on a members-only podcast. So if you enjoy getting your content in audio format, and I'm guessing you do if you're listening to this, all of our content will be available at a touch of a button. But don't hang around as our first 50 members will get 50% off. This is the last episode in the series, and I'm going to take a short break until February while I focus on Inspire's launch. But I'll be back with loads more great guests and to finish off talking about the 17 comms. So what do I have in store for you today? Well, today I'm going to be chatting to Terry Leftery. Terry has years of experience and he shares his takes on the industry and coaching with us. We discuss was any verbal or physical intervention by the trainer timely and appropriate. And we have our final section of the national standards for driver rider training, which is all about role play. As always, hang around till the end to hear Terry's top tip. Enjoy the show. So welcome Terry Leftery from Dumbstressing to the podcast. Um, so Terry, I met you when I did my BTEC um, with Tri Coaching and I think there was two things I noticed about you. Uh, one, you're very knowledgeable and I'm hoping you bring that to the podcast today. And then two, you are the king of dad jokes. Um, and I'm also hoping you bring that to the podcast today. <laughs> so welcome Terry. Thank you, mate. Good to be here. Thank you for asking that's okay. So, um, Terry, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself then? So, um, obviously, you came through Try Coaching, um, and you've now started up this Done Stressing. Um, and, yeah, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, ADI, 25 years. PDI, ADI trainer now for uh, 10, 12 years. As you say, I used to be a Try Coaching trainer. Love being part of that. Um, but Done done Stressing was always something I was going to planning on doing. Uh, because uh, I, I did extra qualifications in coaching, and um, now I'm level five accredited, accredited coach with the International Authority for Professional Coaching and Mentors, or mentoring. Um, and and I nearly that background, that extra training is like a few days um, to give me more confidence in calling myself a coach. So now I set up done stressing, um, and it's it's twofold really: personal coaching, so personal development. And, and business coaching so those businesses that aren't quite not just in this industry I've, I've got clients from outside the industry um who either aren't on the path they want to be on or who want to change the path that they're on um or just want to stay you know stay relevant and stay at the top of their top of their industry um and we we help or i help them with that that's fascinating. Um, so, so, and you're saying you've got clients, it's not just driving instructors, it's clients outside. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Um, so how does, how does that go? Cause I've, I've always been interested in, intrigued in sort of like a business coach. Cause it's like, it's one of those things that sounds like it would be really helpful. 
but then I just I don't quite know what it is if that makes sense like what what happens on those sessions and like how that helps so how so for anyone listening that that is intrigued on um how they could like obviously they would probably be driving instructors how they could build their driving instructor business um and they come to you what do they get like how does that session work uh difficult to say Phil it really depends on on what they come they come for but we have a look at um what they're doing at the moment um what's working well what's not working so well where they want to be and and what's in that gap from from where they are now and where they want to be and what can they start doing now that will start them on that road to where they want to be because because it's, it's it's different to it's different to asking a mate you know or you know or talking to a to a friend about about where you want to be because they will try and give you advice um and as you know coaching isn't really about advice giving it's about drawing the information out of them and allowing that that person to see steps they need to take to get where they want to be um I mean there is some mentoring in in especially if I have a, a driving uh school for instance there may be some mentoring because I know about that but if it's something outside like I've got, I've got a law law firm at the moment uh as clients I know nothing about this industry so that that really is more pure coaching and we just look at the staff the staff job is relationship between the staff the relationship between the CEO and the, the middle management and and how we can uh change that or improve that to um to give them a better better results both in terms of, of money and uh turnover rather and can customer care mm -hmm. which are connected anyway <laughs> so exactly it fix one exactly it fix both exactly um exactly. So, well, so now I'm interested which which one you prefer if you between getting a driving instructor on board and then getting a law firm that you don't know anything about on board because I know which one I'd enjoy most most. Hmm. Oh, that's a good question, Phil. Oh wow. Um, oh, I can't answer that. I like them both. Um, I like I like I like the the driving schools because. Because because normally it's a one man band or two or three franchises or someone who's looking to start franchising, um, and I enjoy that because there's there's so much excitement. You know when they when they start revealing and they start getting into what the, what's stopping and what the blocks are about where they want to be, and then seeing those disappear, and seeing them starting to make steps or take steps to 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 do whatever they they look to do, that's really exciting um within the law firm, I mean it's just a law firm, not just a law firm, I've got other industries outside um I think I enjoy that because it's not an industry I know and that has to be a lot more pure coaching there's no mentoring in that because I I you know like I said I don't know the industry um so that that's like I said that, that's more pure coaching and I I enjoy that I think more than mentoring. Uh, I mean, you know, I am on on the coach and coaching kind of spectrum. I'm right over the coaching side. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like them both for those kind of different reasons. Yeah, I think I, I I can see I can see that, and I think I would enjoy the non-industry coaching because 
you genuinely get to be a pure coach. Now, I, I'm sure you do that with your instruct the instructors that come along, but there's always that. I find it really hard as a coach to, if you know the answers, I get that you don't tell the, the person the answers and you try and get out of them. But even within your questions, you sometimes lead them down a path that you can't do if you don't know it. So it, it's that beauty of, I remember reading um, in a game of tennis and oh yeah, they were talking about how the, the company they had set up and they, I think they were doing golf, was it golf or te- they were doing tennis training. Oh, and they, they they didn't have enough like tennis trainers turn up on the day. So some of yeah. their ski instructors or golf instructors turned yeah. up. Ski, your ski. Yeah, ski. And, and they did a better job because, yeah. because they didn't have they didn't have the knowledge so they had to do some pure coaching um and i always find that 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 fascinating how that works and and how it kind of shows us driving instructors that in a way we need to get out of the way a lot of the time we just need to get oh. out of the way and and let them let the people develop yeah absolutely and i, and I saw what that 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 bit you're talking about about the ski instructors doing the tennis coaches job always stuck with me as well it's it just showed me there that you know what? You don't need knowledge to be a coach. You just need to know how to coach. I mean, it's a bit different for us because we've got that risk management to deal with. Um, so it can never be pure coaching in car. But that just stuck with me so much. And I mean, I've read that book twice. Yeah, I've read That's it. how good that book was. How many? It's the only read. The only other book I've read twice is The Hobbit. <laughs> Slightly <laughs> different. Yeah, but you know, I don't, I don't often read books twice. But that one, it's it, it, it just, that's yeah. why my coaching journey started reading that book. Yeah, I think actually, yeah, I would say probably minded as well, actually. Um, somebody just mentioned it in passing, actually. Um, not even a recommendation, they just mentioned it. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll give that a go. And then I was like, whoa, this is a whole new world. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think one day, not even necessarily business coaching, I think I would just like to go into a sport I don't know or something like that and just see if I could deliver a coaching session in in that scenario just because I'm 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 interested to see if those skills I've I've seen it play out a little bit with my my kids like teaching them to ride a bike and things like that um but I find that that can be tricky because of the parent like child relationship anyway yeah, but, it's not easy um but yeah, I think I'd love to just go and see if I could apply it, apply it in that in that situation. And I think you've done that a little bit with the the business coaching, um, which is great. So you mentioned about risk management there. So we're going to talk about was any verbal or physical intervention by the trainer timely and appropriate. Mm-hmm. So, um. In my mind, I would say this to me is all about over and under instructing on on lessons. And actually, one of the things I do tend to talk about when I do talk about over and under instructing is how, in a way, they can come together. Like you can do both at the same time. You can be over and instructing and under instructing all at the same time um, in the sense that if you are so busy talking to people through what to do that you're over instructing um because they don't need it and they're they're already putting it into gear when you're telling them to they're already checking their mirrors when they're telling them to 
And so you're over instructing in that situation, but in the same moment you're under instructing because you're wasting all of those time and words on helping them do do it instead of using that time to be asking them more thought provoking questions. And so now you're under instructing in the sense that you're not developing the pupil pupil's minds and thought processes. Um, so that's my take on it. To in in, in summary, what what do you think about about this? No, I think you're absolutely right. It, it's it's over instruction and under uh, under instruction, and you're absolutely right. If you're wasting time asking questions you should be asking them, then that's taken away from the questions you should be asking. Um, but I think this also is one of the competencies that that I'm going to say it that I see most often that people need help with um and it's no surprise it's under the risk management um larger competencies uh, whatever they're called can't remember what they're called um but it is it is something that, that people struggle with uh and it can be just a skills thing it can be linked to the root a lot of the time the roots not doesn't match um and it's also about goal setting so this is this this competency really has a lot of other of the competencies inside it, and and I think if you do well with this competency, a lot of the other competencies will be scored highly. If we're talking about testing, as well, it's quite interesting you say that because I think having gone through all of these competencies with different trainers, um, it's amazing how many of you have all said that about the competency that you're particularly talking about and. You're not, none of you are wrong. It just shows how the standards check works. It isn't this series of ticking off each little box. It's it's doing an overall good job and you will find yes. all of the numbers will lift. And in the same sense that if you're not doing it, you don't just lose, like if you're not, if you're over-instructing, you don't just lose marks in this box. It, it will affect so many other Absolutely. You're, you're not setting that level at the, the, the lesson at the right level for the pupil you're you're not using learning outcomes because you're busy talking them through something so you're missing opportunities to 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 show learning outcomes so yeah it massively affects it all mm. that's why it's quite hard to talk about these actually in isolation you said that lots of people struggle with it um and therefore i'm guessing you've seen some pdis turn up to you um struggling with this then what do you what advice do you offer for someone struggling with this like over instructing it's not just pdis it's adis as well i mean even before um even when i first started helping out adis it was it was one of the things it's it's why are you talking now what what why 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 do you how is you talking now how is you asking questions now gonna help the learner what outcomes are you trying to get from that um and 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 one of the one of the things that i i see constantly is they are i think there's a lack of trust you know i think you know i, I don't trust them to deal with this i'll better talk them through it and that hasn't been agreed at the beginning you know and and, and you hear comments from the learners going i was just about to do that you know, so in that sense, if you're over instructing, you're, you're taking their glory away. You know, and instead of instead of having an opportunity to say, "Great job, well done, going past the cyclist," I wouldn't have done it any better. You're going, give me room, check your mirrors, 
Gloria, whatever you say. Um, and you're taking it glory away. Um, and that may come from a place of fear from the, from the trainer. Who, you know, I don't want you to run this learner over, this, this sorry, learner, this cyclist over, and, and I don't trust you to do a good enough job. And, and sometimes it comes from a place of, I should be talking them through this. Because I'm not quite sure what I should be doing, so I'll talk them through anyway. Um, and the, the advice I give is, is first of all, it's, it's what's it to do with the goal? And two, what outcome are you trying to achieve? You know, I want to keep them safe. Well, how did you know they weren't going to keep them safe? They weren't going to do it safe for themselves. I didn't. So then we talk about, okay, so what stage does it become unsafe? And what stage do you then have to be in, become involved in helping them through something? But that, again, goes back to the, to the goal setting. What have you agreed before you drove off? Yeah, I think you're right. And I, I, um, it's quite often I see that in, on lessons where this becomes a problem because you haven't set the lesson up well enough. Mm. Um, and that whether, whether it is, and, and I, I want to be clear that if you do tell a, pu a pupil that you're going to prompt them, but then they clearly show you they need more support, that it's okay to, to offer that support and keep everyone safe. But there is this element that we've maybe not had enough of a conversation. We've not dug into the pupil's mind enough and found out what it is like specifically what they what they need from this this session or this next 10 minutes. So then were they set off with this wishy-washy goal of being better at roundabouts? Um, and we suddenly realized that it's got nothing to do with the roundabout and it's to do with the fact that the approach speed and they're coming in too fast. We've not had a chat about that. And now I have to jump in and, and intervene. So I'm in a way I'm uh, like under instructing that I didn't jump in early enough. Now I'm over instructing because I'm rescuing the situation and it all just gets messy. And like you said, I think a lot of that can come from digging in deep enough into what, what the goals were and all the needs, I suppose actually were, were initially. And then having a clear, my everybody's clear in their mind what what they're going to go and do and and what they're trying to achieve um something i i offer out to my um uh pdis is fss so not ffs uh, fss um, <laughs> you sure yeah <laughs> it depends how bad it's going um which, which stands for focus um solution and support and i always say to my pdis that there's two things that should be happening here one uh, any point during the before you set off everyone should know what our focus is which is the mm -hmm. goal um but like specifically what are we focusing on what's our solution to that because i think that happens a lot as well like we get this moment of um we set a goal and then we set a level of support and then we go and i'm like but how how are we going to fix it <laughs> um mm -hmm. and so what's our solution what are we going to go and try what are we going to go and experiment with um, and then what is the level of support within that? So that, that should always happen before you set off. And then at any point during the lesson, you should be able to hit pause and both the PDI or ADI um, and the pupil should know the answer to all three of those points. They should, everyone should know what they're trying to do. Everyone should know what the solution is and everyone should know what the level of support is. Um, and I think if you've got that in place, you you find it's, it's really hard to over-instruct and under-instruct because... Yeah. You, you're always sort of kind of going through that that questions and you keep rotating those questions throughout the lesson that tends to work for my guys no i think absolutely i think that's brilliant fss 
Fantastic. And, it, and it's um, support or solution is, is a question I often ask, um, especially in, in, in the personal coaching. Um, you know, what are you looking for from this? Do you need a solution from me or do you need my support with this? Because I think um, as ADIs, I think we go straight for the solution. You have you have a problem. We have a not problem. I don't know, issue or problem, whatever. The, I don't know what the best word to use is, but you have an issue here, well, and we go trying to avoid the word fault. There, are you? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> um, and we go straight for solution. You know, generally, and and I think sometimes they they just want support. With, with whatever it is. And I, I think if you think along, like you said, support solution, I think we get, we're more likely to get the level of instruction right. We understand where solution or support, what do you need here? Yeah, because we can be quite specific about supporting them with that solution and that that ends up being the point. Yeah. Um, you said about the personal coaching and, and I I can probably see that happening in the business world as well. And, and, you have a clear focus um in fact i may even have thought of that idea based off a tiktok from a business sort of um thing um and yeah you have a focus you you, you need a solution in place to fix whatever the problem is like you talked about the um early on you said about the uh, relationship between like the ceo and and staff well if there's if there's an issue there so a need and then, so that becomes the focus that you, I'm sure you discuss a solution, which I'm, I'm guessing they put into place on their own because it's not your your industry or business. And then you agree a level of support within that. And that, that's not you obviously sitting behind them all day, prompting them, but <laughs> I'm sure they'd love that. But it, it's, it maybe is you checking in with them or in that situation. Yeah. So you can see how that works in the business world, but also it's, it's all the same, isn't it? It's all just exactly fits into fits into driving and i just wonder if maybe as driving instructors that that needs to be seen a little bit more i think so i mean i mean the, the, my girlfriend has her own business and and she'll come to me to discuss something and one of the first questions i always ask her is is do you want a solution to this or do you want support um and i, I also think that your your students appreciate that question mm. i think it, it shows that there's there's a there's a, a levelness to the relationship to so not always assuming that they want support so talking of pupils getting coming up with solutions and and i think that's important that that we try and get them to to create their own solutions do you have any sort of kind of go-to questions that you ask learners or, or get get pdis and adis to ask their learners to create their own solutions um that's loads what was uh where do you want to be what what's in the way? What's in the way? I love that. Yeah, what's in the way? How are we gonna how are we gonna knock this this wall out wall down? How are you gonna step over this fence? What advice would you give your best mate if they were in the same situation as you? So many ones complain. If I I can see where you're struggling a little bit because I have the same issue that if you're not in the moment when you're in the moment it just comes out, but yeah. when you're thinking of questions it's not it doesn't feel natural and I suppose that's part of. Um, being in the moment with the pupil is that you're you're having that sort of like you ask the question that you don't know the answer to 
in the moment for that particular pupil um and so yeah it could be any 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 question that that sort of fits that moment but they all had the same sort of gist of there's a barrier here how do we get over it that that sort of kind of exactly exactly and i do like that yeah and i think it's it's really important that that when you're having these conversations um that you're just interested in what they have to say and i, I know we discussed it on the BTEC, but um, it's about having an empty, empty mind about no preconceived about ideas of what other people have said to this issue or your experiences of this issue. What would you do? It's about just being blank and just listening to the response from your student and just being interested in what they've got to say. So I think if you're interested in what they've got to say, you don't have an agenda. And, and having an agenda can be one of the biggest problems with with trying to coach people. Mm. And I, I I see instructors having that issue, and I and I actually get it because we have got all these years of experience and knowledge, and it's hard to just switch that off and not mm. like you're sat. Like, I, I quite often be sat there. We maybe got an issue with I don't know parallel parking or whatever, um, and I'm sat there going, I know, I know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, and yeah. I want to, and I want to offer these like ideas that I've tried with other pupils, um, and it, it's worked so much better when they come up with themselves. It doesn't always, and and I I think there is a place for offering them not not telling them what to do, but offering a menu a menu of choices. Mm-hmm. Like I've I've tried these ideas with other pupils, this 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 and this. What do you think would work best for you to in this moment? And I think that's okay because yeah. Sometimes they don't know, <laughs> um, they don't. or they can't work it out, and and so I think that's okay as well as an option in in that moment. Absolutely, I don't think you should go for it straight away, but that's definitely a step you can take further on when they when they they are struggling, and that's and that's just being able to read read someone that they're they're not going through a process in their mind about a thought or an idea. It's to actually they don't know because hmm. the body looks completely different for those two different situations. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, yeah, and it's, it's, it's what I said earlier, it's because we we see ourselves as as the expert and we have this little bit of hierarchy in the car, you know what I think about hierarchies, um, we go straight for the solution too often. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's better just to be there to support and be interested sometimes. Do you think that sometimes instructors, and we've gone way, way off the competency, haven't we? But yeah, let's uh, get back to it. Sorry, it's my fault. No, no, it's fine. I've got another question that's going to take us even further away from it. So, <laughs> do you think that the comp? No, I've now got competence in my head. Do you think instructors sometimes do that? Because, like the the, I've got this idea. I've got this information because they the the pupils paying for the lesson. And there's an element of I need to show value for money by giving like I need to show you how uh, how much how much I know so that you're going to tell your friends how much I know and then do you, can you see that happening? Oh, absolutely. That that that's the biggest one of the biggest blocks to having proper conversations to the side of the road. You know, it's it you know. We're in this job because we want to help people. We're nice people. We're serial helpers. And sometimes the first chance we get to help someone, we, we jump in. Yeah, I know the answer. I can help you here. And we can move on. And you can go and tell your mum that we've done loads of stuff today and you've loads of learning has taken place. Uh, and I think there's definitely that in the back of the mind. 
they have to have, have done something at this lesson. They have, they have to, I can't sit here and talk anymore. We need to get the car moving because that's where learning takes place. It doesn't, but that's a different story. Um, and I, I think, yeah, I think you're right. And then also from people driving past, other instructors. You know, well, that's the third time that car seen me say, I wonder what I'm thinking of and what mm. we're doing. I'll get moving because I don't want to see them for the fourth time. And I think we are, we are sewer helpers. We are, we are nice people. We love helping people. Um, but there's definitely that I need to show learning's taking place here. So we can't be safe for much longer, even though learning happens at the side of the road. Yeah. It's it's interesting as well, because I always think um, people tend to remember the end of the lesson more than what happened in, in a lesson. So when they go home and or or they think back on the lesson, it, that feeling at the end is is what, what they remember. Um, and so I think actually if you've had those conversations and you've given them that space to explore their own solutions and then they do come up with a solution, it's more likely to work. And more likely to stick with them, it's more likely to feel like a sense of achievement because they've got there together. And so when you get to the end of the session and you're reflecting on it and, and you're asking them what's gone well today, they list quite often all the stuff that initially was bad, like maybe the mistakes they made or or stuff. They list that, but they list it in a positive way now. They're going, Well, I did this now. I can now I really get how to make decisions on roundabouts and, and things like that. So that bit whereas if it was you telling them and that it didn't quite work you might find at the end you ask that question they list all the stuff that they couldn't do they're like well i couldn't do this and i couldn't do that and i couldn't do that and it becomes this negative vibe yeah. so i think actually if you are worried about offering value for money there's your answer is the bit at the end where at the end of that session when you ask them that question they should list a whole bunch of very clear learning outcomes because you've made it obvious with your conversations at the side of the road versus listing a bunch of stuff that we didn't quite get around to fixing, mm. um, which can quite often happen when you're trying to provide the solution and it's not quite clicking for that, for that pupil. Absolutely. Now on the head. Let's go back. Yeah. To, let's go back to the yeah. competency. Sorry. Yeah. So um, over and under instructing and I'm, mm. I quite often talk to um, PDIs and ADIs about being proactive on lessons, which is part of risk management, isn't it? Like and you said, this is the this is part of that overall risk management and keeping everyone safe. But then I get asked, well, how can I be proactive and not over instruct? If that makes sense, like so, how can I let them loose but also not not let them get in danger? You got any advice for for that? Yeah. Sometimes shutting up is being proactive. Yeah. Yeah, it's simple. You know, just you don't have to be talking to be proactive. Proactive is about understanding understanding and letting learning take place. And like you said said earlier, sometimes we get in the way of that because we think proactive means talking. You know, proactive can also just mean letting them letting them get on with it, seeing what happens. Um I also think one one of one of the issues with with this competency is um, we've talked about jumping in too early, just in case they don't do it and taking their glory away. But also, um, 
jumping in too late. So it's a little self-evaluation technique or a little self-evaluation tool rather is on, on your lessons. If you are grabbing the wheel quite a lot or if you are jumping in verbally quite a lot, that's that's too late. You shouldn't be doing that very often. If, if, if you've got the root right, because it's down to the root, um, that shouldn't be happening. So there's a little self-evaluation tool. How many times I touch you on a lesson? Once or twice, okay. Seven or eight, mm. maybe there's there's something I should look at here in terms of route planning or, or leaving it too late. Because uh, there's 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 four stages to your intervention. Uh, stage one is you've got to see it. You have to see what's coming up, and you are going to see it before they do. And this is this also links in with the the commentary about uh, aware of pupils' actions and surroundings. Um, let me think of an example. You have um, an old lady stood at the side of the road opposite a refuge, and you've seen that because you know you're looking ahead, obviously. And so you look at your student, little glance. Are they giving you any indication that they've seen this old lady stood at? So it could be a crossing as well. It doesn't be a refuge. Let's use a crossing. I'll give me a better question then. So the lady stood at a crossing, uh, a controlled one. Uh, shouldn't give you any ideas, any clue that they've seen it. Are they checking their mirrors? Are they easing off the gas? If they are, great, fantastic. You don't have to do anything else. They are showing you that, you know, you see you're aware of their, their, their actions. Um, so that's stage one. You've got to see it. Stage two is if they don't give you any indication that they've seen, pardon the pun, any indication that they've seen what's happening ahead, stage two is leading question. So leading question being one where you want to lead them to a certain behavior or a certain thought, as you know. So you might ask them, um, um, why is it important to look at both sides of the crossing on the approach? Or what do you do if, if someone's pressed a button in when we're approaching a, a pedestrian crossing? So you're leading them to just no, be quite specific with the question. Don't say, what's the hazard coming up? Because that's just a waste of time, that question, or those types of questions. Um, and then they should react to that. They should go, oh, yeah, someone stood there. If you've asked the right leading question or a good leading question, they should react to that. So that's your intervention. That's your verbal intervention. It was in good time, and they reacted to it, and they're doing it. They're slowing down. Maybe, or everything's fine. If they then don't react to it, stage three is you need to do a command. Yeah. Ease off the gas, start braking, someone's pressed a button, someone, you know, someone's waiting at the crossing airport, probably pressed a button, and we should be slowing down now. So that's stage three. And then if nothing happens, they're not doing it, you've got to physically intervene. So obviously pedals or, or wheels or signal or, or whatever. Um, so if you are constant, if you're often at stage three and four, where you're intervening with a direct command or a direct action, then you need to look at how you're planning. You know, because you at that intervention is 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 too late or that often. Obviously, there are things that happen on the road that we can't plan for. That's fine. Straight into level four if you have to, because you're managing the risk. 
Um, but ideally, in most situations, it should be four stages. And that's and if, if you're if you're doing that well and it's just been discussed prior to driving away, then there you have it, you should have that balance between over and under instruction. Yeah, I, I like that. And I and I think actually having those four stages is quite helpful for maybe ADIs, PDIs to use as a reflective tool on am I doing that? Uh, and and noticing that oh wait a minute I'm doing a lot of three and four but yeah like you say not jumping in and yeah. realizing which bit you're missing that's meaning you're having to do the other stuff the it's it I, I it's interesting that you said about um if you're jumping in all the time and stuff because it's it it's something I've noticed over the years of being an instructor that I do a lot less of now be and I I quite often relate it to emergency stops so as a driver. Like if you think about when we teach people's like emergency stops, effectively we teach them to do a emergency stop, and then we spend the rest of the time teaching them to never ever need to use it. Uh, <laughs> because as a driver, the more experienced you are as a driver, and the more like aware you are as a driver, the less you should need to do emergency stops. Like I can't think of too many times in the recent years. That I've had to do like a proper like screech to a, st a complete halt and um, like you would do on a test sort of kind of emergency stop because I'm I'm planning and I'm seeing it and I'm off the gas earlier and and um I'm at the appropriate speed and I'm doing all of the stuff I need to do to not need to hit that brake. So if I've got friends who I, I've had this with friends where they go, oh these idiot drivers, I'm always like slamming on my people keep pulling out in front of me all the time. I'm like, mm, might be you. Um, <laughs> so, but you can you can see how you can like bring that over to the opposite with instructing. That the more you're seeing things earlier, the more you're talking about these things earlier, controlling the situation earlier, the less you should need to jump in physically at, at the end. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good good way of sort of kind of thinking about it. And However, again, I just want to put the caveat on the end because if maybe there's a newish PDI listening, I don't want them to feel bad about pressing the pedal because I don't want people not jumping in when they need to because I think that can get in people's heads and then they don't hit the dual controls and then you're in an even worse scenario. Absolutely, Absolutely. Uh, yes. totally agree. It's just when jumping in the moment because you've got yourself into that moment or or sometimes things just happen and you, and you need to jump in. But that's when you then like post analyze it and say, it was that just a thing that happened that I couldn't control and and that and no one could see it early enough or was there a moment were we in the right place and and just analyze it and if you're always doing that you, you're going to improve yeah absolutely reflection reflection that's all it is yeah yeah no absolutely so let's move on then and and, and talk about our um, final unit of the national standards for driver and rider training and i've really enjoyed going through this national standards driver rider training um in more detail than i've probably ever been through it before because mm. when you're going to talk about it on a on a podcast um you have to read it really and i have read it before in the past mm. but like you have to really read it <laughs> um and, and it's so you're the one that's read it yeah <laughs> yeah i must have more hits on that on that website recently than they've ever had in in their life <laughs> um and it, it's also been interesting getting getting trainers perspectives on on it now interestingly I, i'm this last um element which is develop a program of 
actually that's not what it's exactly called yeah develop and use a program of role play for trainee instructors now I appreciate a lot of people listening to this aren't necessarily going to be trainers so that they're not going to be developing a program of role play for training instructors however they are either will have been through role play or um, are going through a process of of role play with with their trainers now role play is an interesting one for me because I'm not a fan um and i know a lot of trainers are and i think it splits the training world a little bit sometimes role play versus not role play i think it has a place and i and i certainly do elements of role play in in, in my sessions but not anywhere as near as much as i know some trainers um do role play to the point where i recently heard of a pdi who was going to do their part three having never done anything but role play so they they were taking a pupil to that, and that was going to be the first time they were teaching a real life human. Um, not that their trainer isn't a human, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, and and I and I know that's an extreme and a real sort of extreme version of it. But yeah, it does maybe sometimes show the and and actually within this competency, it says there are limitations with role play, um, and to 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 identify those and know where to then offer different types of training. So yeah, what are your thoughts on, on, on that then, Terry? I understand everything you said, um, and I, I completely get it. Um, I think a lot of people don't like role play because of the way they were role played when they were trainees. Um, especially back in the dark old days, you know, uh, how long have you been doing this Phil? 17 years. Yeah. Same year. So you'd have, you know, back in the olden days, role play, I think, was used as a way to not discourage learning, but the, the trainee was made to look stupid, you know. And, and I think those days are still um, still in people's memories. And of course, if you were given that role play as a training, and then now you're training ADIs, you're using the same techniques as we used then. So it's it's this vicious circle. Um, role play, I think, is a fantastic way for learning to take place if it's done well, and if it's done as a way to support the learner. Um, PDI or ADI, I mean, we can we can role play with learners as well, uh, and we should be doing more role play with learners. Um, but I think it's a fantastic technique. I, I've not discovered or found another way where you can give a trainee that experience without using a, a, a you know a real learner. Uh, so for me, role play if it's done properly and done well, and does as and is used as a tool to support the learning and the learning outcomes, I think it's brilliant. But too many are used as a way to show the learner how bad they are and embarrass them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I remember my first ever PDI actually, um, who who came to me from some from another trainer, and and they were like fully ready to give up because they it had been made like they were crying on lessons and stuff because they were being thrown too many unrealistic faults mm. un like overly combative pupils um and as we we talk about with 
our, us dealing with learners being at the right standard and over instructing under instructing and, and and setting the right level for the people clearly clearly those sessions weren't set at the right level for them to to develop so yeah i do i i do see the benefits of of role play um certainly in the early stages i think um when when they they're finding their feet on like how to ask questions and um spotting faults within and or watching a driver um mm. getting their words out i think that's that's a really important place yes definitely place for it um but i the the, the limitations i find with it um and maybe this is just because i'm a bad actor um but <laughs> is is when it comes to like we were talking about earlier about um getting the pupils to set their own solutions and talking about the people's like thoughts and feelings that they're having um and how that's affecting like, for me having real pupils with real problems and real thoughts and real feelings um I don't I think there's a substitute for that in in role play and I think if someone has been had too much role play and not enough of that exposure mm. you can see it in their training because they don't necessarily genuinely dig into or find what the pupils what the pupils like thinking and feeling because they know their trainer isn't actually thinking or feeling feeling that and it, and it's hard for them to switch off that yeah that, that thing but that could be i think maybe that's an overall generalization I, my guess is somebody like yourself doing role play would be quite good at that, that. Don't know. Don't know. And, and i think i think it's it's with role play i think as you do with learners there's a lot of crossover between pdi training and learner training i don't think some i don't think that pdi trainers get this all the time that it's very similar you still you're still setting the goals and i think with role play it's really important to before you do any to discuss how it's going to work um you know it, it's there as a tool i i, I say to my pdis all the time i'm the i'm the hardest people you'll ever have because you know that i'm not a learner and, and you've got to pretend that um but it's having that agreement in place of, of how how the role play is going to work you know it, it's and you know am, am i going to just role play for 10 minutes do you want to give feedback as we go along or feedback at the end you know making it clear when you're in and out of role you know i, I know i know one trainer that puts on a, a cap when they're in role takes off when they're out of role so however you want to do it you know, and and I think it's setting the stall out at the very beginning, and and making sure that your PDI understands that the reason we're using role play is because of this. We need to do this, and at, at no stage um, will you be um, will you have situations that are not real. You know, I, I remember when I was training, uh, there was a particular trainer at the establishment I was being trained at, and we were told never, ever, ever from other trainees, never say right at the end of the road first. Or never say left, always go at the end of the road first. Because if you say right first, he's going to suddenly go right. And that, for me, that's that's why people don't like role play. Yeah. Because that's just, that's just ridiculous. You know, you made to feel stupid. Um, so as long as they understand that that's not what it's for, it's not here to make you feel stupid or or to 
to show you how bad you are or bring up you know deficiencies or whatever it's there as, as a learning tool and it's a bit like we say to learners you know we're gonna let you make mistakes experiential learning so it's it's a way for you to just practice making mistakes to learn from that experience uh, and and pick up tips and stuff of 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 how to do this properly yeah and and i think um, somebody described it the the other day about it being in a safe learning environment as well where you're where you're not being judged um or hopefully not being judged by your trainer um but whereas whether you've got it when you've got a real learner um even if they're not paying for the lesson there is still a feeling of i need to perform for this for this pdi i need uh, for this pupil because they're here and i want to help them and, and so there's an element of judgment there so i i do kind of get that side of it as well where it gives them um that the pdi the freedom to experiment the freedom to to be wrong and and not be judged and give it another go that that sort of thing what would you say then to because i the story you're telling isn't the story i i think happens day to day in the car based on what i hear from pdis um so what would advice would you give to a pdi listening that is doing a lot of role play sessions and it's not quite working for them whether that's because the training's not quite right or because they're not feeling the whole role play vibe um yeah how can how can they overcome that like if they're feeling overwhelmed by role play or um yeah or not just not getting the right easy questions <laughs> i don't do easy questions this <laughs> this um the advice i would give is is speak to your trainer you know if, if you've got if you've got that relationship where you know you should have that relationship where you should be able to bring this up and if you haven't then you know why haven't you got that relationship where you can bring this up actively with a trainer um but also in just kind of thinking about role play for the trainer you know role play is not an easy thing to do well if you're you're covering three roles at once you know you're you're a driver uh you've got to think about the role you're playing and do it well plus you've got to watch pdi or the adi if you're training an adi uh, and being aware of what they're doing their actions are so you know role play isn't easy it does take practice um and and probably advising the pdi that you know it, it's not it's not an easy thing to do for for trainers so i don't know maybe be patient with them but i would definitely say look discuss it with your trainer and find out what's going to work for you what isn't working for you with it how you might ask your trainer to adapt the role play um and find a solution that way um you know it's 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 a difficult one to answer, Phil. I think it's I think, Monday. I think you've you've nailed it without saying go and get another trainer. Um, which is I think was my first response. Um, <laughs> but um absolutely, I think you're right. Like talk to your trainers <laughs> about these things. Um, and if and I think you said in the middle of there, like you should be able to have that conversation with your trainer. Yeah, absolutely. I think to be honest, if you can't have that conversation with your trainer 
then that's the bit where I'm going actually go find another trainer because because I think if if a trainer is one not delivering what you want but more importantly not willing to be open to changing what you want then that's not client centered and and no. so it it might not necessarily mean that that trainer is not a good trainer or I would argue there's an element of coaching missing in there um but it is definitely not the right trainer for you and so I think there's an element of being open to that now I get there's also possibly a financial issue there if you've paid for like a package and a course and you're, and you're yeah so that can be can be an issue but for me what's worse sticking with this training that's not working for you and then failing and or or not being successful with 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 where you want to get to or spending a little bit more and and maybe doing both (laughs) training like don't necessarily not do that training i'm sure you're getting something out of it um and just adding to your learning another way maybe um rather than getting through the 40 hours of role play getting sent out into the world of a trainee license and suddenly going wait a minute i've got a clue what i'm doing here um yeah had that a few times yeah absolutely and and i I do wonder if i suppose there's an element of you don't know what you don't know so you don't know that you're not getting the right training until you suddenly left with a real pupil and 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 you're lost um so yeah, I don't know. I like my my head just wants to go find and find a better trainer, but um, I think there is an element of also have a conversation with your with your trainer. Yeah. I think I've had this actually recently with the the opposite way around with with one of my PDIs because I do tend to lean towards more of my training mm. um, is me sat in the back supporting a lesson. Yeah, not necessarily, um, and I think that can get mixed up sometimes. I think it, it it tends to feel like it's either this, like role play, or sit in the back and assess a lesson, like it like it's a mock part three, which it, there's a place for that. But um, I I tend to have this bit in between where we'll, we all three of us are working together. So um, I'm teaching from the back a little bit. The the PDI is doing a bit of teaching and then the, the mm. learner's doing a little bit of teach and they do good teaching actually as well. They teach the PDIs how to teach them. Um, and so it's all work, all works together. And I do a lot of that. And actually I did have a PDI um, quite recently actually say to me, can I do some role play? Um, okay. Because she wanted to practice some like specifically some parts of what she felt she was struggling with. Um, and she felt like she could, ask me and question me a bit more in in that role play session um and so but that that the whole point of that conversation was she had we had the rapport and she had the ownership of her learning enough that she didn't even take a second sort of kind of thought about asking me that question and i didn't take mm-hmm. a second glance at going oh no do it my way this is better um it was just like okay let's go <laughs> let, let's go do some role play and see how that goes and and yeah she 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 gained from that lesson and, and it was really helpful so yeah there's maybe off, off like there's a mixture needed i suppose is what i'm saying no absolutely yes absolutely but i completely get how 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 much of a bad reputation role play has got completely get it um but i i, I think it has a definitely has a place and 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 it's it's also good to teach the PDI how to role play 
because they can do this with their students. You know, you can swap seats for your learners and you can role play them or role play whatever and get them to teach you whatever, you know. Um, so I think it, it's a definite skill for doing it well. And I think if you want to do role play well, you have to come from that that equal non-judgmental relationship. You're not using role play to show them how good you are. You're using role play to support them. And the role play should be done in a way that supports the learning and supports the goal. Um, and you've got to isolate what the goal is and what's the best role play to do that will help them with this with this goal. You know, because sometimes, you know, I, I, um, example, um, say say that they want to, you, you, you want to use role play as a tool to help them watch you. Okay, are you watching me? You know, and instead of going, right, there will be sometimes to check my mirror, sometimes I don't. Um, you've got to tell me what I am and what I'm not. And if you then, you know, change gear too late, get your positioning wrong, I don't know, um, put signals on late or too early, It's that's not effective role play. And it, it's the same as goal setting with learners. The goal was to improve the mirrors. So your only fault that you make should be about the mirrors. One or two faults max at a time. And I think that when we when we start doing role play where you're doing those other things as well, that's when it becomes deflating and quite absolutely pointless for the learner because the learning is not taking place. Yeah, I think as well, like, I, the one thing I do in that is, and it's similar to, to driving to setting a level of instruction um, and, or, or setting, yeah, it's what we talked about earlier about being at the right level, over-instructing and restricting, is making sure your faults are at the correct level for the pdi mm. uh, yeah. because you can be subtle <laughs> with certain mm. faults and then sometimes you need to be really obvious with certain faults or one thing i do and i actually have said there's a limitation uh, with this but one thing i do and i'm very sort of keen for my pdos to when when they do they are talking about an, a, a situation with a with a pupil that they dig down into what the cause of the the, mm. the fault is, um, so that we can then go and like fix the cause, not the not the actual event, um. And so when I'm doing that, I make sure that one in my mind I have a reason behind why I've just done that, um. So in my role of the person, and I quite often say things that make it really obvious <laughs> that this is the thing because. I know people won't necessarily do that. So I'm actually being nicer than a pupil um, in that sense and trying to make it as obvious as possible. So they've got something to latch onto and then go, right, let's deal with that. And it shows them how, how if we do that, you get like, you get a better outcome of mm -hmm. learning. Um, you said a couple of times about, you can do this with your pupils. And I think that might relate to more people listening. Cause like I said earlier, there's not as many, probably not as many trainers listening. Um, I'm sure there's a few. Um, the, so how do you how, like can you give me some examples of maybe when you've used that with pupils to to help them like use learners yeah learners so yeah yeah it's just you know i'm i'm, I'm going to drive how you drive mm -hmm. uh, and i'd like you to give me some advice about my driving 
okay. on a particular aspect. Um, so it could be speed coming up to junctions or roundabouts, you know. So I'll role play them. Also swap we swap, swap sides. Um, but it's for learners, it's and this is for any learning style, it works with with anyone. Um it's really a a great learning tool to have them in the passenger seat, not worrying about having to deal with traffic or controlling the car, but to just have time to watch and feel uh, maybe what the car feels like, maybe how they feel as a passenger. Who does that, who does that driving remind them of? Have they got the, that behavior from, from somebody? Um, and it's just a, a great way to, also a great way to refresh the brain. You know, to get out and change seats is, is great for refreshing the brain. Um, and break up lesson lesson time. Um, but it's it's a really I said it's it's a really effective way for learning to happen. Because like I said, they haven't got to worry about car or, or deal with traffic, and they can just focus on what the goal for the for that for that role play is. And it's important to train or to help PDIs understand that when you are doing this with a learner, these are the things you have to, you know, you've got to keep the car safe, you've got to focus on the one thing, and the same thing that, that, that you do with them. And it's being transparent with your with your techniques, as you should be with all, all, all your training with PDIs. Um, but, you know, did you see what I did there? Did you see the question I asked? What was the benefit of that question? What if I asked a different type of question? Would have had the same result? Um, so these are all uh, role plays. It's a tool that we can use for any any learning. Mm, I quite I quite like it using it for, for I like that idea of the the learner. I think you've got to also be aware, like you do with with the PDI learn uh, role play, is that you're not trying to make the learner feel stupid. So if you're reenacting one of their faults, let's tone it down a little bit, right? Because <laughs> um, I think I've 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 actually seen that where. It's like you did this, and, and then it's like showing them how bad at driving they were, which is that's there's no benefit benefit in that. But I think actually it relates back a little bit to what we were talking about with setting like getting solutions in place. Mm. Um, I, I I can really see how a a learner could sat in that instructor seat, and, and they do like it. They like it gives them a little bit like a power kick, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm the boss now. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the it, i can see how they could come up with a solution for for you pretending to be them um far easier than they could if they were sat in that driver's seat trying to come up with the solution for themselves um, exactly. and it's definitely it's another one of these tools to take the pupil out of their like making decisions for themselves you said earlier about like how would you give advice to your to like what advice would you give to your best mate in this situation um and it's another similar sort of kind of version of that isn't it um yeah. i quite often use like how would you if if my next lesson had the same issue what, what advice would you give to that learner um and yeah i think it's just another tool isn't it that you can use to absolutely to, maybe that would be my advice for everyone this week at some point is see if you can find an opportunity to give that a go and and just see it's experimental learning for you guys so go and have a look at how it works and and see if you if you learn anything learn anything from it 
Um, Just go and have a go. Mm. You know, and it doesn't the what the role play doesn't have to be pretending to be someone else. The role play can be you just stood stood by a roundabout and you're a pedestrian. You know, you're not playing you're not playing anybody else. You're a pedestrian now. You know, how do you know where cars are going? Mm. Tell me. Yeah. As a pedestrian. So it doesn't always have to be, you know, tend to be someone. That's interesting because I do that quite a lot. I don't actually, I've never done the pedestrian thing. I might try that. We've, we've been and stood next to a roundabout and I get them to like put role play in their mind, being the cars approaching the roundabout. And I might make the decision for that car. And I love it because they shout go as they as the car moves off. And they're like, see, you, you controlled that car. They heard you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and that, yeah, it's another sort of kind of form of form of doing that, which is great. It, it, just going back to what I was saying about go give it a go. go. Give it a go. And, oh, big echo there. So yeah, go give it a go and um, see what happens. See what learning take place. See what you learn from it. Um, there was a, I, I just had a really good example of that this week. So from being on Terry Cook's podcast, um, we got asked the question: What would you do for a driving lesson on Christmas Day? And I suggested uh, making the lesson twelve days of Christmas um so you and then i decided to go and implement this with my driving school and my instructors for this week mm -hmm. so for, for this week um or um well it would be last week when when people are listening to this I saw your posts yeah, yeah yeah and so they do 12 day to 12 is 12 mirror checks 11 is 11 move off and stops and 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 six spotting good drive good drivers um and then finishing with a, a good reverse park in a, in a car park because <laughs> i tried to make it sound like partridge in the petri uh, <laughs> but the point is we went and did this and i went and did this with a lesson and i think i'm quite good at setting goals with pupils and getting them to try and achieve something um but this sort of challenge that this pupil had to like show me all this good stuff that they could do it transformed the lesson with this particular pupil that I did it as well. And it's people that has autism and um, sometimes struggles with focus and, and gets distracted. And suddenly when, when I gave her this like challenge to do, it was like the best I've ever seen her drive. Cause she was like, yeah, I'm going to do all this. I'm going to, I'm going to nail this 12 days of Christmas. Um, and I think that was like an little experiment for us. I, I just did it and I thought it was going to be a bit of a fun lesson for everyone. Um, but, and, and some of my instructors have reported back with the same sort of kind of thing, like suddenly their pupils are transformed into this, like trying to achieve something. And, and I think you can take these little, like that's a weird experiment to go and try, but um, what we've learned from it is maybe we aren't like, challenging our people to set set like little goals for themselves uh, enough because it shows how how good that style of learning is and how how much that helps helps them um achieve what they're trying to aim for so yeah i think from that point i would just say go and give something a go even if it doesn't sound even if it sounds a bit rid ridiculous because you never know what learning and what's the worst that's going to happen it doesn't work <laughs> exactly and it doesn't work so what yeah, you try something else. So I think we'll wrap it up with my little um, 12 days of Christmas story. Um, um, I think this is going out after Christmas. So Merry Christmas to everyone. I hope you had a good day. Uh, and Christmas, everybody. <laughs> yeah. So um, what I always like to finish the podcast with is a top tip. I'm not singing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, this week's song is. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> 
um a top tip from you guys um and what what your top tip for adis and pdis would be but before we get to that top tip could, would you like to tell everyone where they can find you to come and get some more awesome terriness well they can find me um they can find me on facebook my name terry leftery uh don stressing has a facebook page um you can find courses that i'm running uh, some workshops on pdiadi.com facebook page um or just give me a call we can have a chat on the phone and and see um um my numbers on the facebook page am i allowed to give the number out here i could put it in the in the show notes there you go. yeah there you go yeah 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 no no one's going to be listening <laughs> writing it down at this moment anyway so i'll pop it in the show notes well so thank you. what's your what's your top tip for pdis and adis tip for pdis and adis my top tip is be interested be interested in what your your customer is saying. Yeah, I love that. I think you can't go far wrong with that, can you? Right. No, I think I'm being a top toxic. Yeah, if you're interested in your in your pupils and yeah, you just you're gonna it, it kind of covers everything. So yeah, no, absolutely, it works. I love it. It works. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you very much, then Terry, for coming on and spending your time and giving yeah, us your. Mate um there probably wasn't quite as many dad jokes as i was hoping for but <laughs> you didn't give me you didn't give me an ammo so you oh, know sorry my fault <laughs> yeah of course it's your fault god damn it we're too serious <laughs> um but yeah it's been loads of great content and yeah thank you very much for coming along no problem thanks for asking me inspire instructor podcast where the learning never stops